Welcome to Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And unfortunately, Will couldn't be with us this week. 
He is indisposed, very busy with the uh, family obligations at this time of year. So I called in a couple of buddies to help me out. First up, we've got the man who has been pumping out the Star Wars content this month. Faster than even I, who have nothing but time to listen to podcasts, can keep up with. From Steel Wars, Mr. Steel Saunders himself. Hey, you guys. I was not sure where that pumping reference was going to go. So You never know content on was Blue good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I... Um... I appreciated there was there was, there was some some uh, topic that I didn't want to discuss on Rogue One, and so you guys did a, a follow up episode on Blue Harvest just to get that topic out there. It was something about Darth Maul's anal glands or something like that. <laughs> I, uh, I have to remember that I'm no longer in a safe space. This is the wild west out here. <laughs> it's, it's the outer rim of Star Wars podcasting. Oh, there's a pun I didn't want to hear. <laughs> and also with us is the man himself. You know him from making Star Wars as Now This Is Podcasting and the TheRogueRebels.com, Mr. Sal Perales. What's up, everybody? I love being on the podcast with the most metal intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my head right now, all I hear is like... <laughs> it's so awesome it, it does scream uh like sleeveless denim jacket uh i'm gonna send you a picture when we get done with this i have a a sleeveless denim stone cobra jacket i'm not even lying yeah i, I mean still acts like he's never seen me in person on a couch <laughs> in a sleeveless <laughs> denim vest uh basically anything sleeveless <laughs> Oh, yeah. But when it's like, yeah, when oh, it's yeah, 40 you've degrees. Always your, you've yeah. always got your arms out. When it's 40 degrees, I'll wear like a, a, a t-shirt. I'll be like, it's cold. I need some sleeves. At least half of a sleeve. Uh-huh. All right, you guys. Well, I think uh, if, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what one of the main topics of discussion is going to be about. And... Despite having two guys that I look up to so much on the show, this, I have to admit, this is a podcast I have not been looking forward to recording. You start a goofy little show where you talk about Darth Maul's butthole and things like that, and you never think about, oh, what's going to happen when you lose someone so amazing to Star Wars fans and, and people in general. The one and only Princess Leia herself, Carrie Fisher, passed away this week. <clears throat> And man, I'm going to have to be honest. I'm not one to get choked up over celebrity deaths. But uh, there's something a little different when it, it comes to Carrie Fisher. And it has had me quite bummed this week. And um, I was telling Steele before we started, he did an amazing uh, episode of his call-in show where uh, yeah. he um, basically hosted by himself and and had people call in and just give their favorite Carrie memories and and just get some get out some of the the anger and and not so much anger but the sadness and pain that they were feeling about losing someone so special and um, I tried to listen to it at work yesterday big mistake because as soon as it started off with Leia's <laughs> theme I was like nope pause we're gonna listen to this in the car not crying at the office today but uh, I got through it today and man. Um, it was something special, buddy. I gotta say. 
thanks, Hawes. It was, uh, I, I, yeah, it, it did turn out to be something very special. It was that day, or I think it was maybe five hours after I found out that we were on air and, uh, much like yourself, when I started playing that Princess Leia theme at the start of the show, I was just like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> I, I'm like, I haven't started. I couldn't talk at the, like at the start when it was ending. I was just like, because like, you know when you're like crying and it, it's really, it's quite hard to talk. No, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the oxygen's going in a different direction or something. So I was desperately trying to get air back in the right spot so I could introduce the show but yeah i i realized i'd made a horrible mistake about 30 seconds into that song um and i'd set myself off but it was uh um i don't know i'm such a a big like fan of, of podcasting i've been doing it for probably five years now with my other podcast and i have been listening to them for maybe 10 years or something but i it I don't know, that show was really, it was like a community based around a podcast, people calling in from all around the world, and it was um, just a real cool thing that we could all sort of look after each other, and, um, you know, a lot of people don't have someone in their immediate lives that understands why they're upset about Carrie Fisher, do you know what I mean? There's, Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a lot of yeah. cynicism about oh, why do you get upset about this and not about that? And it's, you know, I, I think it's because how we've grown up, the, like, we've, like, she, the character and her, how cool she was in real life is sort of just, like, intertwined with, you know, your life. Like, a, you know, like a, a tree growing around something with its roots or something. It, it's, and, and it's... You know, you may have only met her for 30 seconds at an autograph thing, or you may have never even seen her in real life, but right. she was there for you. And I, I, I think I said this on the show, it, it's it, it's like you mourn a great artist because their art relates to you because it's like they know you. Like, that's how it relates to you. Like, whether it's, you know, a great band and and you're just like, oh, they're singing exactly how I feel or how I felt at that time. And that right. you make you make a connection. And, yeah, it was it was really hard. But I'm, I'm, I'm have not been more proud of a show than that one just because of the outpouring of, you know, people really appreciated it. And it's, you know, it, it's you know, really cool to, you know, take a break from complaining about why this is that <laughs> colour and why did that float and and all that sort of stuff and, you know, come together and, and do some good stuff when we need to. So I, I, I think all the podcasts have done people a, a world of, of wonder, you know, they've helped the grieving process. So it's... Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that as a whole, the, the, the Star Wars sort of online community that I get to see on, on Facebook and Twitter have, have really bound together and have sort of come out of it quite more um, galvanized and strong. And I, I just see a lot of sort of positivity out there on the internet. So 
it's uh, it's good that you know something so horrible can generate a um, you know a positive outcome in a way. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's right. the thing I've been impressed with. I think the most through. I mean, it's hard to say you've been impressed with something that's related to something so horrible. And I mean, and and, and it, it's even more multiplied and and more fucked up and sad that her mom passed away the next day. It's just a a sad, sad situation. Um, but everybody's wonderful posts and and pictures and things and. You know, it's nice to see people going from arguing about, oh, this was dumb or this was great, to being like, well, regardless of what you think, we all think that uh, Carrie Fisher was a pretty awesome lady. Um, right. And just so open and funny. And I tell you what, like the promotion of Star Wars movies um, will never be the same without her. Because... Um, yeah. There was nothing I looked forward more uh, during the lead up to the Force Awakens was <clears throat> seeing her do her uh, her thing on the promotional circuit, and she was just so funny and so great. And the mental imagery of her sitting next to Gary is just something that I'll never be able to forget. Um, and you know, it's just sad, man. It's just sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and I, and I got to give a specific shout out to my buddy, Johnny. He, um, before the news even came through that she had passed away, he offered me Tuesday night off of recording and I gladly took it just because I needed a little break, uh, after coming home from the holidays and everything. And then once the news came out about Carrie Fisher, I was like, well, I'm glad I am not recording tonight. I don't know how you or Johnny did it, buddy. And you both, and I got to give him props. Johnny did really well. I love to break that dude's balls and give him shit, but man, good on you, Johnny. Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, young Jonathan Grasso did his solo show, and I I sort of got in contact with him and let him know, but I was was blown away. He's developed into quite a podcaster that guy um it was it was really sweet very heartfelt and and raw and he was just expressing himself you know by himself i was um i yeah i I thought he did a a really good job i was i was really proud of him um something i've been doing since the uh since actually last friday when she uh, uh, originally had her medical emergency and this is another reoccurring theme I've seen on the internet and and listening to the reaction podcast is how any Star Wars fans out there that had any friends or family that worked in the medical medical community immediately started (laughs) talking to them about what was going on with Carrie Fisher. I did it myself. My sister is an ICU nurse. So, uh, you know, the first thing I talked to her about on Christmas Eve was, well, you know, this is what they're saying. How's that sound? And you know, she was trying to, trying to break it easy, you know, break it to me easy that, you know, that's probably not the best situation, but, mm. uh, you know, right. um, Some, something that I just, I, I kind of had a laugh at was I was talking to Jason, uh, Ward from making star Wars and he was telling me about the contacts he's got in the medical industry <laughs> and I was just. I was just like, oh, where does it stop, Jason? Where did the contacts <laughs> stop? 
<laughs> Where are your fingers not delving into these information pies? He's got He's little like, birds got everywhere. <laughs> He's a plumber. All right? He can get you inside anybody's house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I was just... I, I, like, I... I I love Jason so much, and it was just he's just always on the biggest. So I've got these con- I've got these contact, and I was just like, oh my god, he's always he's always got his little hat on with press on it, just like what a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> the camera with the extra, giant extra. flash bulb that he has to hold up with another hand. Randy holds up for him. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Speaking of Randy, I believe Randy's in New York hanging out with Mike Pappas and Johnny Grosso, maybe even as we speak. Oh, man. I I told him to be careful because there's, um, you know, there's some dodgy characters out in New York and one of them's picking you up. Yeah, I wonder how much this trip has cost him in Pappas tax. Oh, so get this. He's... I was just sort of following this feed on, on Facebook and he sort of posted that him and Tashi had, had gotten to New York and he said, I think, yeah, Johnny was just like, oh, just making sure you're okay. Is, John, is, um, is Papa's picking you up? And he goes, oh, we've got to get a bus <laughs> away from the airport and then he's going to pick <laughs> us up. And I was just like, oh, this is a, a classic Papa's cost-cutting measure. There must be some like... Uh, <laughs> Some little fee you have to pay to go into the airport. There's something going on there. There's some hole getting avoided. His brother is the, like, the bus driver or something. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till they get to go see Rogue One together. He's going to be like, yeah, 25 bucks a ticket. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> New, New York, York prices, is expensive. <laughs> yeah. State state visitor cinema tax. I don't know. Giuliani put it in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going yeah. on. But, like but that I collected. Simpson episodes. I <laughs> the Simpsons episode where they're like, uh, there is a tax on wearing a puffy director pants. <laughs> and then the guy's like, but but I don't wear puffy director pants. I meant a uh, tax on not wearing them. <laughs> oh, man. But I'm not sure if um, Randy has any puffy pants, so this could be You better bring some just in case. You never know. Because um, you might need them to avoid that tax. Something I've been doing... Um, since Carrie passed away, was going through and watching a lot of her non-Star Wars stuff, as well as Star Wars, obviously. Um, And there was one I came across that I hadn't seen before. Steele, are you familiar with the comedian Jim Jeffries? I am very familiar. I have sat in his Maserati. So I've been a big fan of his stand-up for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I I was... uh, I had watched the first season of his show that he had on FX, but I had never gotten around to catching the second one. And then I found out that she made an appearance in the second season. And it is so funny. She plays a Hollywood agent that he is going to see to try and, uh, you know, get roles and stuff. And uh, she keeps trying to barter sexual favors for roles in different shows and movies and stuff. And, (laughs) It is so funny. And then I did a little research into it. Do you guys remember in the lead up to The Force Awakens, there was a story like well before they announced the cast where someone said, you know, I was working with Carrie Fisher and she said, oh, yeah, we're all coming back and we're contracted to work for like six months. And uh, I don't I missed it. Well, Turns out that was Jim Jeffries, and it was her working on that show, and he went on a radio show. I think it was like Opie and Anthony or something. And Mm -hmm. uh, he said that, uh, 
you know, she was talking to him about it on set. So if you guys have a chance, you should check out her episode. Uh, his show is called Legit. Nice. And I think you can I, get it on Netflix and stuff. I went and checked out the um, the Wishful Drinking. I'd never seen that HBO special. Oh, I watched that for the first time this week as well. So, yeah, dude, I watched that the <laughs> other night uh, with me and Liz. That was, that was really, really cool. And it's really, really funny. Just her her humor, man, is just classic. I mean, yeah, classic. You can't she, beat it. I mean, and she is not she is not talking about light subjects in her life during that. For real, yeah. One woman show, but somehow she still makes it just so funny and and compelling, and it never and no point when you're hearing all these crazy things that have happened to her in her life with with her mom and her dad and all those things. Did I ever like feel sorry for her? Like you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like it, it's real easy when you're telling what would be pretty fucked up stories to most people. Um, right, pretty scandalous for, stuff. Yeah, right. For, to feel sorry for him, but she does it in such a way that just you know. It's just so great. Um, well, I went to uh, see her. I talked about this on an episode uh, sometime this week, but we I got Jackie, my wife, tickets to go see that show when she was in Melbourne. And I messed up the ticketing because, like, cause, like for those that don't know, I do stand-up comedy. And when you go to a show, you don't want to be near the front if you do a, like you, you sort of want to be at the back you want to be away from the show so you can sort of observe it all because you're sort of watching it in a slightly different way and you don't want to have to i don't know interact or react so you know comedians are notorious for standing right at the back of the room so i got these tickets that were aa so i figured it would go a to z and then it would start with aa it'd be behind <laughs> z that's not how theatres work, apparently. It is the front one. row. AA is double front, and we were dead middle. So, essentially, we had the best seats in the house, but I didn't mean it. And <laughs> she came out, and we were just, just, just to see her. Like, she was a meter from us for most of the show. Like, you could not have been closer. And... She came out and had all these um, little party glitter things which I, that I'm actually playing with with my hand now. There was like little balloons and there's a little dinosaur and a little champagne glass. And she came out and sprinkled them on the front row. And she was motioning for Jackie to cover up her wine glass <coughs> with her hands so she wouldn't get um, glitter in there. And... She was Jackie was so stunned that she couldn't work out what Carrie was trying to tell her to do. Oh, really? And so, and so I had to put a hand over um, Jackie's glass because she just couldn't. She just couldn't compute because she was so freaked out that you know Carrie Fisher was just there because you know Jackie like loves her for Princess Leia and and her writing and stuff. She's got like. Um, that you know the books um surrender the pink and postcards from the edge and and wistful drinking and um at one point she said this off the cuff line that you know out of a room of or a theater of maybe 1500 people i seem to be the only person that got it it was just this really dry like tag and to sort of end the piece and i just bellowed and she and she never really like really broke character and spoke to the crowd like a stand-up would but she turned around and she goes i love your laugh oh. and 
<laughs> I, I was just like a flutter. I, I, I just couldn't. I, I, I was, yeah. I'm still, um, I'm, I'm still working off that, and that was about eight years ago. <laughs> Dude, uh... I, I wake up every morning and go. Carrie Fisher likes my laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that would sustain me for quite a while too, buddy. That's yeah, that is an real. amazing Carrie Fisher story, and that's that's the other thing I get just from <clears throat> friends and acquaintances that have met her is just how how funny she was, and how you know it's she's one of those people you never hear a bad like. I didn't have a terrible experience meeting Billy D. Williams, but Billy D. Williams was a little bit of a dick to me. Um, and you just never hear that sort of thing about the people that were lucky enough to meet her. And right. I, I had a really cool story. My friend Sydney, she said she was at a convention and Carrie Fisher was signing or something and just yelled out to her from across the room and goes, Hey, nice tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Like that, that sort of knocks my good laugh ranking down one level. Um, I reckon a nice tits is better than a good laugh, but you know, <laughs> I mean, they're you've still got to, you've got, you've got to work there. with what God gave you. Yeah, yeah, you know, couldn't pull off the other one. Yeah, I, I would have been quite a crazy Star Wars fan. I, I got like um, my breasts enhanced and rocked up to a convention, <laughs> right? Just to outdo your friend. Yeah. yeah. Nice, <laughs> Steel nice with his perfect slave layer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um so before we move on from the wonderful Carrie Fisher, uh Will actually sent in a statement. I don't statement sounds too cold and clinical. He he didn't want this episode to go by without paying a little tribute to Carrie. Um while I get that together and stuff, um, do you guys have a favorite non Star Wars Carrie Fisher role? Um, that she's been in, uh, you know, I've heard several, um, and, uh, I was just wondering if either of you guys have one that stuck out for you. Um, I mean, she's really funny in like Jane Silent Bob Strike mm -hmm. Back and she's really funny in that like couple episodes of 30 Rock that she shows up in. Uh, right. but I think my favorite just non-Star Wars Carrie stuff is literally just Carrie. Yeah, her stand up and her interviews and like all of that stuff, like you know, you can't beat that, dude. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's it sucks, but I'm really glad to see that like she continues to inspire. You know what I mean? Like, like she's she's definitely somebody who's never gonna disappear like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Her her stories, her books, her all the all this footage that we're pouring over this week and. uh you know, not even to mention the Star Wars films themselves, uh, you know, are going to keep her, her legacy going quite the ways, you know, and, and uh, her, her mother as well. You know, that's it's I'm sure it's a s shitty time for that family, man. But oh my goodness, um, I can't even begin to imagine. But much love for for not only everybody that had anything. You know, any, any like like all of the us's out there who right. are just happy to have known about this person or to be inspired or the way that she touched our lives and stuff. But the people who actually were lucky enough to be in her life, you know, or her daughter and, and all those people, 
you know, much love for, for, the, for them right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely, buddy. What about you, Steel? I'm going to go with Carrie Fisher as Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Um, you know, like, <laughs> it's hard like to beat that. that. Yeah, yeah, seeing, you know, the Wistful Drinking Show. And, and also her uh, conventions and in, in the lead up to The Force Awakens. I, I think it was yeah. just so cool to, you know, she got that that time to shine and, and people just to go, oh, my God, Princess Leia is the coolest. Like, it was so... It, it's so gratifying when you're a fan of a character in a film and then you find out the person that portrays that character is, like, better than the character. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, it, it, it's yeah. so thrilling. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I find that with, with Carrie and Mark that they're, like, heroes like in real life as well to me, just with like what they speak out against and, and what they support. It's, um, you know, it, it's so, it, it's so gratifying. Like I, um, you know, I, I know of people that, you know, had heroes and then found out, Oh, like, you know, like a skateboarder or something. It's like, Oh, they're, they're the best frontside always in the world. But I think they're a bit racist. Like it's, 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 <laughs> you know, it, it, it's such a, you know, a dark thing to, and right. you just have to go, mm. well, they do good frontside always, I guess. But I have a it, it was, shockingly similar story about a band that I'm really into meeting their old drummer who was very racist, very yeah. racist. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's nice when, when someone you're into from a fandom standpoint, just turns out to be a genuine good person who was just so open about their issues and, and problems to where like, you know, it's real easy to try and just hide or not want to talk about that kind of stuff. But when you see someone you look up to talk about it, then you, it makes you feel like it's okay for you to talk about. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. But not only that, like not only is it so easy to hide, but it's like, it's generally accepted. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's like the norm. Not only is it so easy to hide, like it's, it's common and almost the standard for people to not want to talk about those kind of things. And those, you know, it's almost like a social taboo in a weird way. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so in some ways it's kind of brave of her to get up and speak out oh. about those things. Yeah. You know, not to mention the way she does it <laughs> is entertaining. Oh, like you, the, like her speaking out about her issues and stuff. You know, especially with like, like on the call-in show, people, so many people called in and said, "Oh, I, you know, I'm bipolar and or I suffer depression, and because Carrie can get through it, that helped me get through it as well." So it's so, it's you know, it's it, it's really cool. It's really yeah. cool. It's just another way to be inspiring, you know? Mm. So it's really cool. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, play you guys a little message from uh, my good buddy, Will. Since he couldn't be on the show this week, he really didn't want to uh, miss the opportunity to pay his respects to uh, the woman we admire so much. So here's a little something from Will. Hey, Blue Harvest listeners, this is Will Witten. 
Sorry I couldn't make the episode. Sorry to Hawes, I couldn't make the episode this week. Just had a lot going on with family and the holidays. But what I did want to do was leave a word of remembrance for the wonderful and magnificent and talented and beautiful Carrie Fisher. Um, I just wanted to say my piece about how she touched my life growing up and how I know she touched so many of your lives. Uh, she will be forever missed and everything that she brought to this universe as a rebel and as a princess and as an independent woman, as the kind of character and the kind of woman that I would love for my daughters to emulate and respect. And I will be forever grateful for her contribution to this universe in a galaxy far, far away. And she will be forever missed. And the Force will be with us because of her. So thank you to all my Blue Harvest listeners, and thank you for giving me just a few brief moments to express my love and my gratitude for Carrie Fisher and how much she will be missed. And I wish you all the best. May the Force be with all of you. Something a little nice from my buddy Will there for you guys. Good to hear from him, man. Yeah, man. So... Uh, we'll change up the topic a little bit. Steel Buddy, um, if there is one thing I have gathered about you and your opinion on Rogue One in the many hours of content you've released, uh, even more if you're a Steel Wars supporter, which I highly recommend to our listeners, uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a nice little chunk of content that I get to look forward to every week because I got a lot of time to listen to podcasts and, some weeks I start scrambling for something to listen to. So, ah, oh, isn't that the worst? Oh. I was like yesterday. I was like, can someone <laughs> upload a podcast that's not me? I've heard my <laughs> ones. I'm pumping out the content, and uh, you know, I guess other people have uh-huh. lives and stuff like that, which is cool. Good for them. Congratulations. Everybody else taking a holiday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I. I, I I might get that quote, a nice little chunk of content. That's a good quote for the promo. Yeah, <laughs> there you hey, go. But where you screwed up is you could have listened to Blue Harvest tomorrow, but now you're going to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, whatever, man. There's, I have a feeling if you got time to listen to Steel, you might have a, an hour or two to ca- uh, carve out for Blue Harvest. Yeah. Um, oh, no, he means me. I won't oh, I'm talking about him. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so when it downloads, I'll oh. be like, oh, yeah, I'll be like, Blue Harvest, baby. Uh-huh. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, that guy's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's going to get that metal intro. He's going to be like all grooved up. And then he's going to be like, my first guest is still. And he's going to be like, oh, shit, I forgot I was on this one. <laughs> Damn. I've been podcasting for so long. I don't even know which podcasts are mine anymore. <laughs> um, but like I was saying, Steel, uh, you, like many of us, have questions about the infamous, infamous rather, shot from the trailer of Jin facing off with the TIE fighter uh, that um, is absent from the final product of the movie. Um, uh, listener to the show, Brad, uh, actually, Steele, I, bl- I believe Brad has called into your call-in show a couple of times, too. Yeah, Brad's um, an awesome guy. He is. He messaged me on Twitter. Um, he was listening to the Empire podcast. They had um, Gareth Edwards on uh, right after Rogue One came out. And the subject of that shot actually came up in the podcast. So I went and listened to it. And Gareth specifically told 
um, the host of the podcast, that he told the marketing people that shot's not going to be in the movie. And they used it anyway. <laughs> really? Yes. So, like, I don't care. It's hot to death. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a badass shot. Like, there's no doubt about it. There's a reason people are bummed that it's not in there. Um, right, right. Unfortunately, still, I have no information about who's in that damn TIE fighter for you. Um, they, uh, Black did they, Seven. Did they ask him? No, I don't believe they did. Um, the question that Brad have that had that I hack, actually hack journalists <laughs> <laughs> that that I actually agree with is I guess sort of is that okay like for and, and and who handles the marketing I have a feeling that Lucasfilm is in the business of making movies and they let Disney handle the marketing but I don't know that for sure I don't have sources in marketing you know maybe we could ask Jason. And he can call out to right. one of his little sparrows around well, the world. Uh, somebody get him a, uh, a handheld flash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know they, at least one of the Rogue One trailers was edited in Los Angeles. Okay. So, um, you know, that doesn't sound, I, I guess it could be Lucas filming, but it sounds like it'd be more of a, a Disney thing down there. I don't know, but, right. um. I yeah. So that, that there's my there's my big. I mean, scoop. there we go. Either way, it might <laughs> either way it might be uh, a kind of thing that's farmed out. Like whether it's in it's in L.A. or it doesn't mean it's still Disney or Lucasfilm. Like it still might be a marketing team that's hired on to edit trailers or who right. knows what. But then again, you want to think like you know with Star Wars, they keep that that stuff real close to the vest, so they might use an internal team. I don't know. Like, you know, the answer is simpler with, like, Rebels. Like, they have that one dude that cuts all the Rebels trailer because Filoni likes him a lot. Oh, okay. And he cuts dope trailers. You know what I mean? Like, they, there's one dude that cuts all the Rebels trailers. I yeah, can't remember those, his name. Those trailers, they're, like, three or four. You're talking about the ones that are, like, three or four minutes long that they release yeah, at, like, yeah, celebration. Like the, yeah. They're always like good. Like, really dope ones, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that are at every celebration or every time, like, oh, a new Rebels trailer came out and everybody's like, oh. <gasps> The trailer is so dope. I hope the season's this good. They're usually talking about that dude's trailers. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that's yeah. one guy that's been cut, and he's been cutting it since Clone Wars. He's been, he was doing Clone Wars trailers for Filoni back in the day. You know what I mean? So obviously it's probably not the same guy that's cutting Force Awakens trailers and Rogue One trailers, but here you have, I guess, evidence of them going like, look, that shot's not going to be in the movie. But they gave that shot to them anyway, and the trailer guys were like, well, whatever, we're putting this in. And you can see that. Like, I can see that from a marketing team. Marketing team don't care. Marketing team wants to get asses in seats. That's their job. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, what you really want to do still is watch Rogue One, a Star Wars trailer, the movie. <laughs> 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 and just get down to the bottom of that, because there's probably a lot more where that came from. You know what I mean? Yeah, I... I acknowledge that you know you might have a, a scene you know a scene might get cut or, or change mm -hmm. but the whole thing of just like oh that's not going to be in the film oh well shouldn't it, yeah. you know like we're going to put it in anyway I, I, I I've got this thing where I I don't like it's this weird thing about they have to acknowledge the fans do you know what I mean like mm -hmm. they they right, right. they they 
have these events for the fans and the fans give so much energy back into the franchise. And I've sort of got this thing of like, you've got to play fair. You've got to throw out, like, you know, it's a game all year to watch these trailers and try to decipher right. what fits where. Do you know what I mean? Now, they're, now in, they're throwing who, extra puzzle pieces in there. Yeah, like who's in the tank? Who's walking up to the tank? Let's talk about that for eight weeks. And <laughs> it passes the time. It passes the time. And, and hats off to whoever guessed Creepy, creepy Butler. That was um, quite a guess. I'm not sure if anyone did. Um, shocking it wasn't Darth Maul. Really shocking. Um, and so I just I think that there is that sort of... Like, you, like that play fair... I don't know. There, there's just... It, you shouldn't be throwing in red herrings. And and if it was just something that was cut late, then I'm like, okay, uh-huh. but this, this seems very like, oh, well, it's a, it's a sweet yeah. shot. Well, well, why don't, like, put in a sweet shot of what he Luke Skywalker igniting his lightsaber then? Like, it's <laughs> like, what, what, where, does it, where does it end? Where does it end? Okay. But yeah, that's I, I, that, that sort of annoys me. I, I think there's like... Um, like a like a fair play sort of rule, but right. Obviously also, not- how about this then? How like this dude? Like in this case, we know a homie told him that's not going to be in the movie. Like now, does he have control over them to be like, no, you can't put that trailer out. I told you that's not going to be in the movie. Oh, I don't think so. The, you know what I mean? Like if it's not up to him, then it's not. I mean, I guess you're telling the whole team to play fair. I guess is what you're getting at. Because I'm like, it really doesn't. Like, I don't know. I'm the guy that's like, I, I. once the movie comes out, I'm all about the movie. And yeah, now we have these, like, discrepancies where all these lines that, that have almost become iconic. Uh, this is a rebellion. I rebel. <laughs> Unlim- uh, the power is immeasurable. Oh, my God. Not anywhere in the movie. Uh, now, to be fair, like, that might stuff be stuff that's on the cutting room floor. That might be stuff that they cut late. You know, the I rebel line was so, that's last year, uh, you know. That was one of the first teasers, right? Right. So, like, that could have been changed or cut a long time ago without, uh, I don't know, what steel foul? <laughs> what would you call it? Uh, but the power is immeasurable. May have been cut later or who knows. Like, But I'm, all I'm saying is, like, this tie shot, we know he told them, don't use it, it's not in the movie. And they were like, cool, but no. Let's, let's just CGI a few more tie fighters up there. Yeah. Um, the the lines. I I think you're like you've just had the the biggest film of all time, pretty much, and and now uh-huh. this film's doing pretty well. And I I just think that the whole Playfair theory. It's you you don't want to wear out the fan base, like right, us. Right. Us talking about what's in the trailer, it it does make money for Disney and Lucasfilm. Do you know what I mean? Like, we provide the content to fuel the fandom in between the films. Do you right. know what I mean? For, the, for right. those that want to, you can think about Star Wars 52 weeks a year. And if you're thinking about Star Wars 52 weeks a year, you're probably spending money on Star Wars rather than then right. going off one- and... When that one week comes out of the year, you're ready. Yeah, rather than like you're you're into DC or 
you know what I mean? You're, you're collecting Walking yeah, Dead or something. And I, I think, you know, the, the Force Awakens, there was a few little scenes that I could, you know, sort of forgive them not being in there. I, I didn't um, sort of forgive the, the, the chopping up of Harrison's lines that were in the in the trailers the okay. about the jedi and the force I, I didn't like that they changed those beats in the film mm-hmm. and I, I sort of felt like they had kind of an obligation to the fandom to keep those lines that were now quite iconic right but you don't think format. it went backwards you don't think the film was the way it was and they like repurposed the lines to make the trailer flow at a trailer pace, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would think it would be the other way. They probably cut the lines up for the trailer, not necessarily for the movie, you know what I mean? I guess it doesn't yeah. make a difference. But. Well, they, 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 <coughs> they, cut, they, they cut out one line in the... I think it's actually a different take, but um, there's yeah. a middle line in that, um, you know, the Jedi, the Force, it's true, all of it. Um, yeah. I, I'm not quoting it right, but right. I just think, well, if that's how it is in the trailer and it's been celebrated, let's keep it in that because that... That it became an iconic thing, and, and now in later years, it, it's sort of like if you quote that, it, it's sort of like, no, that's not how it says it in the movie. And it's yeah. like, oh, the tra- trailers, which, you know, to be honest, the trailers do sort of get forgotten in time for right. some part. And, you know, the Mendo Immeasurable, oh my like, goodness. that mm-hmm. had such a reaction. Like, mm-hmm. people were just like, miserable. <laughs> and then it's just like, it's not in It's just like, let's measure some power. Who doesn't want to measure power? Let's do it. I didn't and, realize. Oh, well, go ahead, buddy. My bad. Oh, no, yeah. you go, go, go. I was going to say, I didn't even realize that was missing from the movie until the drive home. And Jesse was like, wait a second. They cut out that immeasurable line. <laughs> they didn't measure the power. <laughs> the first words out of my mouth were, oh, man, I feel so bad for steel. <laughs> oh, man, no way. Uh, my T-shirt doesn't right. make any sense anymore. But I had, we did a live, like a, a live comedy podcast directly after our midnight screening. And at about the 45-minute mark, something clicks <laughs> in my head. Yep. That it's that something's not in the film, and then all these things start cataloging my brain that weren't in the film that were in the trailers, and I'm just there having like a seizure, going, "I bet, I bet it's not in the Mendo, nah!" And I just, I, I just couldn't. I just started like spitting out half words as I was just like cataloging in my brain all these things that I've been looking forward to, <laughs> and then like five minutes wow. later, I'll just be like in the middle of a sentence and I'll just completely change. I'll just be like, so the thing I loved about Tarkin, oh, that TIE fighter wasn't in there. What? <laughs> yep. Yep. I feel you on that, buddy. Yeah. I, that, you were kind of mentioning Gareth earlier, Sal, and I don't uh-huh. think, you know, if this was JJ, then yeah, JJ probably has more more pull on what makes it into the final trailers. And I don't right. mean that as a slight against Gareth. You know, J.J. is a well-established director. You're talking Gareth's third movie. His right, third, right. Uh, his only his second, like, big budget movie, you know? Mm, so yeah. something tells well, me they were like, look, you focus on making the movie, and maybe we'll bring in some help if you need it. We'll take care of all this stuff over <laughs> here. We'll do the marketing. cutting a trailer, dog. I got yeah. you. Uh, now, here's something else, dude. What do you think about 
like going forward because like JJ is almost like a special case. You know what I mean? Like right. JJ has his own style and company and way that he does things. Right. Right. He's got a whole you know infrastructure I mean? set up at, yeah. at Bad Robot. So now we've had these two movies, and this has happened twice. Like like uh, Steel was talking about the lines that are reversed, and then you have that shot of like them handing Princess Leia a lightsaber. And then, you know, now this has happened in this movie. What do you think, you know, you were talking about don't burn your fan base. What do you think about the future? Do you think it's going to keep happening like this? Or, you know, like to me, the line, the Harrison Ford line, that to me is editing. Like that's kind of like, oh, okay. Of course they cut up a line for a trailer. But then like you have things like them handing, uh, Maz handing Leia, presumably the lightsaber. And that's something that would have been really cool. And then you're like, wait a minute, I didn't even see her get out. Like she handed this fool a lightsaber and said, "You have one," and then poof, gone. gone. Like yeah. the entire rest of the movie, you know what I mean? So, you know, things like that are questions to me. Like the Tie Fighter shot, it's cool and it's awesome, but to me, that didn't really change the movie because she still basically got blown up by a Tie Fighter anyway. I wasn't right. worried thinking about who was in there. I was like, it's probably a fucking Tie Fighter pilot, <laughs> you know. And I, we had already seen the behind-the-scenes shots of her getting shot on a fucking catwalk that looked exactly like the catwalk she was standing on about to get shot. So to me, that same thing happened. I wasn't like, oh, I mean, I was like, oh, that was a cool shot. But I wasn't like, that completely changed the movie. I wasn't waiting for anybody to pop out of that TIE fighter, I guess. Yeah, but that's cheating, Sal. Technically, anyone not, that was... Uh, disagreeing. Technically, no, technically <laughs> anyone that was in that TIE fighter is a TIE fighter pilot. That Okay. Then, <laughs> so what you're... No, no, no. What you're saying, Steel, is it, it could right. have been... Uh, it could have been R2-D2, but he was piloting yeah. a spy fighter. No, Steel's just saying that I'm right. That's all he's saying. <laughs> uh, going forward. So right. but I, I tell you, I think the thing with Gareth um, Edwards and J.J. Abrams is that the difference is that J.J. Abrams knocked it back initially, and then they had to go back and oh, yeah. sort of do the, the Luke Skywalker pitch the the who is Luke Skywalker that got uh, JJ in enthralled in doing it. Oh, yeah. So in Seinfeld terms, JJ Abrams <laughs> had hand. He had hand, and <laughs> Gareth Edwards was sort of lucky to be in that spot. He had no hand. He was. Do uh, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't understand like, Seinfeld terms, dude. You got to break it down into Simpsons terms for me. I can't. <laughs> Your hand is like whoever, the upper hand. So right. if, if okay. you, so George Costanza, um, like get he learns about this upper hand theory, and so he's he's upset that his girlfriend of the times always got the upper hand. She's got the power in the relationship. So what he does, <laughs> he stages a breakup with her, and then she begs him to come back, and then he gets the upper hand, and he has hand, and. <laughs> It ends up they, they break up and George goes, this is one of the final lines of, of the episode. It's just like, George sort of says to her, but I had hand. And she goes, <laughs> and she says, and you're going to need it. And then cue the baseline. You were talking about going forward. Um, I have a feeling that maybe we won't get it to the extreme that we got it in Rogue One as far as scenes missing from trailers because people have been, I wouldn't say up in arms, but they, it's been mentioned a lot. Also, right, definitely. I think 
the other side of me thinks that I don't I'm not as familiar with other trailers because the only trailers I watch enough to realize when something missing is, is Star Wars trailers. But apparently this is not uncommon right. practice in general. Yeah. The only the other movies. example I can think of is like that shot in that Predators trailer. If you guys remember where there's like 20 little targeting beads on him. I and do. in the movie, there's only like one Predator. Yeah. I, and I remember you know. people being like, well, we're going to do a class action lawsuit because they misrepresented the movie. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, I didn't get my check for 50 cents. <laughs> right. Right. Um. But the, it, um, but but with the episode eight getting, you know, the principal photography finishing so far out mm-hmm. from uh, the release, like it's still a year away, you sort of think that they'd be able to really narrow down on what is going to be in the film. Like I I'm think- sure there's. Um, you know, there's rough cuts with animatics that are around at the moment and they can sort of prioritize what's going to go into the, you know, what is going to be in the film and then into the trailer. But I, I just think that if they, they keep dicking people around with these things that aren't like the rogue one, it is, and and I sort of give them some leeway because they obviously had, um, you know, some huge bumps in the road with with the reshoots that that weren't that much. But God, look at those trailers! And <laughs> so, but yeah, so I can sort of you know I can understand that that the Tie Fighter thing obviously is just blatant. But over time, it's just gonna like people aren't gonna invest in these trailers. And and devote the time to breaking them down, which will cause them to drift off into you know Westworld mm-hmm. brings out action figures. Maybe I'll you know maybe I'll pick up a few Westworld figures. You know you know <laughs> the Westworld and... Black series. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be pretty sick actually. Uh, yeah, so I think there's I don't know there's just that fair play thing, and it's like they've got to make this you know billion dollar film and stuff, but. You know, there is this core of fans, which is very big and keeps keeps the fire burning year round, yeah. decade round uh, for them. And if, if like after a while, people aren't like, John, you know I mean, I, I could see people going, oh, it probably won't be in the film anyway. Who cares? Right. Let's not analyze it. I think you bring up a good point right, about right. the uh, sort of advanced production schedule of eight. I think by the time. You know, I think everybody's sort of assuming the first trailer is probably going to be at celebration for episode eight. Right. And I think by then, you know, with because uh, The Force Awakens had a crazy accelerated shooting and proje- production schedule with the especially with the delay they had to take because of Harrison right, Ford right. breaking his ankle. Um, I think that will allow them to have a better sense of the movie by the time they start releasing trailers. And um, I would even assume the same thing with uh, the Han Solo movie since it's going to start filming, you know, in the next couple of months and it's not out for Mm -hmm. another two years. So um, the the question is with with Ryan Johnson, I would say he's even, I don't know, less known than Gareth Edwards. Like his his last movie before episode eight was Looper, which is a good movie, but I don't know that it was necessarily... Godzilla, Godzilla level, if that makes sense. Um, but that, that's something. How do you, how do you, how, how do you, how, I don't understand what you mean. 
Like, uh, you know, Looper is one of those movies I saw trailers for, and I was like, yeah, I'll catch it. And then when I finally saw it, it was great. But Godzilla mm-hmm. is Godzilla. People know who Godzilla was. It was a huge success like at the box office. there's a franchise behind it and everything. Right. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I guess what I'm, I'm bringing it down to is, I guess, as far as box office goes... Uh, Gareth Edwards has had a little more financial success than Ryan Johnson. um, When you figure in Godzilla versus, you know, two indie films versus and, and, and Looper. Um, So I, I wonder if we will see, cause they seem to be going the more unknown route. They got JJ Mm well-known knew he could, he could do a serviceable job with Star Wars. Like they really courted him right. and went after him as the, the big one to really bring back the franchise. And now they're going for, and I love this, that they're going for more unknown or newer directors. <coughs> um, granted, I mean, Colin Trevorrow and uh, Philip Lord and Chris Miller have had huge success with the Lego movies and um, Jurassic World, which I right, wasn't right. a huge fan of, but... You know, Jurassic atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is it'll be interesting to see how much influence the future directors have over sort of the marketing aspects. And and like Sal brought up, like none of these guys come with their own established production company like Bad Robot. Right. You know, right. uh, Steel, you had Julian Smirk on, which... Uh, if any of our listeners haven't heard that episode, you have it's I say it's essential Star Wars podcast listening. Yeah, um, it's a good one. He was a associate editor, correct, on The Force Awakens? That was his title. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, um when we got that first Blu-ray and it didn't have a, a commentary on it, it was the closest thing to sort of an informative, you know, behind the scenes look at the making of the movie from someone that was actually there, you know, from the editing standpoint, he wasn't on set every day, but he had some cool stories about, um, Michael Arndt during the writing stage. You know, he was at the bad robot offices, so he ran into him and stuff. Um, and I just wonder like, you know, I think JJ had a lot of control over the marketing and, and presentation of the force awakens and, Clearly, Gareth didn't have that same level. I just wonder if if it, they're going to handle it more in-house or if there's going to be any directors that step forward or get hired on that that even have that amount of pull to be like, no, I don't want to do this. We should do that and, and things like that. Right. I wish we knew. Like, I wish we had a so, – like, if we even knew whether, uh, like, say, JJ, for instance, had his people editing, like – editing the uh, uh, trailers or whether it was Lucasfilm or Disney, you know what I mean? Like, or whether it was sourced out, like, cause we still don't know. Like I know Rogue One has a lot more, um, the trailers had like actual, like kind of generic, tra- some of them had a lot, some, some tra- trailer music in it. Like right. not Star Wars. And, like I know JJ had his sort of with scored and stuff like that, but we still don't know who put the uh, trailer together which might be clues to the future of who's putting these things together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it's interesting. It's interesting. So I hope you don't get uh, bamboozled by any uh, in giant in frame tie fighters again. <laughs> yeah, or uh, anything steel. like that. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen. or whatever. Or yeah, Luke Luke Skywalker igniting the green. Uh, that's what I was about to say. If they did that in a trailer and it wasn't in the movie, I'd fly to Australia to be at Goose or at Goose Steel side <laughs> and just be like, yeah, oh, yeah. come on, buddy, that we'll get like through this one. together. If they did that to me, my new nickname would be Goose. Because <laughs> I would be squawking crazily. I yeah. Oh my! I um the yeah the the so ignite the green thing. Everyone is my that that is the one thing that I want to happen in Star Wars. That that's I, I sort of essentially don't care what else happens. I just want Luke Skywalker to turn on his lightsaber. That's all I want. And I'm, I'm so nervous if he's going to or not. Like it sounds, do you know what I mean? Like two years ago, it'd be, yeah, of course he's going to turn on his lightsaber. It's Star Wars. It's going to be in episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) But these are, these are different times. And, you know, I know some people don't want him to have to use a lightsaber. They just want him to use his mind, but not me. Not me. I I can see sort of both sides of the argument. I am with you, Steel, though, where if if we don't see Luke Skywalker with the lightsaber, I, I'm not going to lie, I'll be disappointed. I'm sure when it, not when, if it were to happen, I would be like, oh, I guess it was pretty cool. But I'm going to tell you what, I would be real disappointed. And to me, you almost need it to keep it from becoming almost too silly and i always use the example of that first lord of the rings movie where ian mckellen and um uh christopher lee are having the wizard fight and they're just using their mind against (laughs) each other and like even in the theater i was like this is kind of corny it's just two old dudes like levitating and staring at each other you know what i'm saying it's just a bunch of dudes are getting yanked around on ropes yeah and like you kind of need the the lightsaber to to make it less silly if that makes sense you know Um, like to be fair dude they even tried to like they gave that nod in episode two like look they could do this with their minds but let's settle it with a lightsaber (laughs) you know what i mean like you got that kind of um uh idea right yeah. yeah, that's why, like, like sometimes the, the Harry Potter films, I wasn't a big Harry Potter per. It was just more of a, like, hi, right, let's go see this film. But at the end, when they'd have, like, the the bat, like the magic battles and stuff, I just sort of, <laughs> I don't know, I, I never really got into it because it was sort of like, what are the rules? Like, <laughs> Abracazubi go. Like, I, I, I have no idea what's going on here, but I, I, I hope... I, I hope by the end of episode nine he does, and I hope the way the film's put together that I don't know, and maybe it's just me, but I, I think it's like a, a massive moment to have uh, he, him turn that back on, and a it will be a massive moment for whoever's around me when I see that for the first time, because <laughs> like if. You know, if we're at Celebration and they show, you know, obviously they're going to show a teaser trailer. Like, I, I, I think that's, it has to be a given. And as much as I, I would like, I, I think for safety's sake, because, you know, things leak out and stuff. And I think if they showed Luke Skywalker igniting his lightsaber at Celebration in, in the trailer, oh, <laughs> 
Get out of my way. I, 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 I'll apologize in advance for your eardrums, but I will crowd surf at celebration. <laughs> uh, and, and I won't need anyone carrying me. I'll just manage to levitate just through pure boyhood excitement. He's going to be like Leviosa. <laughs> nice. He's going to be like, I don't know the rules, but I'm flying. <laughs> uh, I hope that they don't, like I'll I'll go with you on that one. I hope they don't put something like that in a trailer, and then it's not in the movie. Like that that's cheating to me. Uh, oh, I like that's that's super cheating. I can't see that. You know, I mean that right, would be right. huge. Like it would be equivalent to that first uh, Force Awakens trailer when the you know the the very first teaser we got that ended with Kylo igniting that cross guard lightsaber mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. time you saw that, and then right. the Force Awakens comes out and he either doesn't use a lightsaber or just has a regular lightsaber like that would right, be right. like a major infraction yeah it won't although technically that shot wasn't in there yeah. that is true i think yeah. that was test footage like i maybe. think you know uh, what do i know yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I feel like maybe that was some sort of test footage because it was still it wasn't it was a dope shot it was a good shot i can't remember if they were still in production or not but you know he's got the hood yeah. up and stuff i feel like yeah, yeah if not test footage it was a shot specifically made for the trailer right um right. which i know it disney was- does for the marvel movies they and they're up front front about it they're like yeah we wanted to have you know an early trailer at comic-con so there's certain things we finished and made specifically for the trailer so. Testing my patience, shot. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. We call this the lying to steal cut. <laughs> <laughs> this is the betrayal cut. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, do you guys mind if we do a couple of emails before we call it a night? I insist we do. All right. Yeah. Well, I have a special. Uh, I guess you could say late Christmas, New Year's gift for the listeners. Um, as you two may be aware, we have sort of an ongoing joke between two guys that write into our podcast, Joe and King Tom. Uh, I'm I'm sure both of you are familiar with King Tom as he writes in and calls in to both of your shows. Uh, also, king, he's the king of all Toms. He so is, in fact, know, the king of all Toms. Uh, king Tom is like the Star Wars podcast community bicycle. Everybody gets a ride. Um <laughs> But we have a official theme song for the Joe and King Tom Kia D. Mundi feud. Um, this was sent in by our buddy Steve, who does who opens every episode with Blue Harvest Baby Woo. So um, he's, ah, cool. He's been working on this. He he told me about this a couple of months ago. He put some work into this with his buddy Gerard, aka G Money. So I'm gonna play that for you guys right now and. Um, I'll tell you what, in, during such a dark and, and sad week as a Star Wars fan, I listened to this quite a lot, and uh, it definitely cheered me up. So check this out. Now. 
Standing up, <laughs> man. When he, he's crowd surfing right now. <laughs> oh my god, that was tremendous. N- now <laughs> I just have to talk to my buddies in Stone Cobra about maybe a possible cover version of that. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, when Steve first sent that to me, he was like, "Are you sure you like it? Like I could change it." And I was like, "Don't change a thing. It's great. You don't understand." Oh my- the gift, the gift you've given me is immeasurable. Oh man, I'm my mouth is sore. I, 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 I didn't do my mouth exercise. I pulled a smile muscle. I that was ah oh, wow. I I dip my cockhead to you, good sir. That was amazing. <laughs> well, since we have uh, the theme song, why don't we start off the emails from King Tom and Joe? Uh, this is what King Tom has to say. Hey, halls and well. I had this plan to write something about Rogue One, which I may add to the end of this, but the past few days have been a kick in the balls. I didn't know Carrie Fisher, but she, through Princess Leia, was always there in my life. With Star Wars being the first movie I ever saw, Princess Leia was simultaneously my first crush and the first non-family female influence on my life. I didn't realize until later in life how lucky I was to have that influence. Princess Leia could have been any actress, but as I eventually learned through her non-Star Wars life, Carrie Fisher made Princess Leia, Princess Leia. I was in the theater Friday night after news broke of Carrie's heart attack, seeing Rogue One for the fourth time, when I almost broke down during my favorite part in the movie, when Bail Organa tells Mon Mothma that he would trust his daughter with his life. My daughter, Hope, loves Princess Leia. She's been through a lot in her young life and is strong. I know exactly what Bale feels, the pride and honor at knowing an extraordinary young woman. And it's all because of Carrie Fisher. We were lucky to have her. Anyway, what I was going to say, if it's even appropriate at this point, and if this is getting too long and if this isn't getting too long winded, but holy crap was Chirrut a badass. You cannot tell me that dude did not use the force. He may not have been a Jedi, but he was stronger with the Force than most of the Jedi in the Old Republic. What's more, he wasn't tied to their dogma. Like Qui-Gon, he followed the living Force, doing what was right rather than what was expected, and wish compassion. I said this on Twitter, but Chirrut had been, if Chirrut had been a Jedi, he would have called out Palpatine as Sidious the second the two stepped on the same planet. What's more, he would have been, would have been blind, but he would have spotted Kia D's enormous cockhead from across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. But having a non-Jedi like Chirrut be so strong with the Force makes Kia D even more pathetic. I knew there was a reason I liked him. Sorry I got long-winded this week. Thanks for reading and for the awesome podcast. Your pal, King Tom. Yeah, man. Um, Chirrut is, is definitely a standout. And... I don't know. I, I think, he, you know, this is going to be one of those debates that goes on forever. It'll calm down and then somebody will bring it back up. You know, 10 reasons I think Chirrut was uh, force sensitive. Right. You know, who knows? I, I, I think, think he I, definitely I, was, 
but that's how my can he not be? I mean, how that's... can he not be? Okay, if I, like here's what like, I how, how, how did he know the necklace was there? That's, that's my that's thing. The, me, it's yeah. just like sick. Game over. Check that, um, I think he has like you know, if he was a drive, he would be like read only the force. He can't quite read and write the force. <laughs> Does that make any sense to anybody? Totally. So at first, I was wow. like, if he was a drive, what the? F- oh, okay. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. Like he he he's connected to the force, and he can like see everything like through the force, but he can't like float stuff or levitate stuff, or he can't do things with the force other than see what's going to happen. Oh, they're going to shoot me this time, so I better duck left, son. You know. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like Steele said, sensing the necklace, sensing the darkness around Cassian when he was going to kill Galen. And dodge, not getting hit by a single blaster fire when he was going after the most obvious master switch in all of movie history. <laughs> That's all I need. You know, if he was just a badass martial artist and, and, and all it was was he was sort of a daredevil type. I mean, the uh-huh. you know, the Marvel Comics right, daredevil. Right. Then I could see the argument. But those three things to me signify something more than just an insane an, an enhanced like sense of hearing because he's blind right. you know if what what they need if they want to show that he didn't have the force we need a few cut scenes of Turret just sitting there for weeks and every chick that walks past he's just like nice necklace <laughs> just waiting <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and after about four years and that's why Baze is so annoyed it's like finally right. a girl just goes oh how, how, how did you know like but <laughs> Well, they ended up cutting the scene, um, Steel, where he flies the TIE fighter <laughs> to, to rescue Jin. Oh, oh, oh goodness. All right. Um, next up, uh, since, like I said, since we did the theme song, I think we should follow up with our buddy Joe. I don't know if he has anything about Kia D. Mundy in his, uh, in his email, but we'll see. Uh, thank you for the podcast this year and for engaging with all your fans and friends. I sincerely enjoy what you two do. My New Year's resolution is to keep all my emails shorter. Hopefully it starts here, but I have a question I'd like you to debate. Long story short, between travel for work and waiting to take my sister to see Rogue One, I didn't see the film until a couple of days after Christmas. I powered through reading the book Catalyst the day before seeing Rogue One, but my sister is not as interested nor has the time to read all the books and comics, etc. Here is my takeaway from Rogue One, having watched it with my sister. Is Disney making a mistake by putting too much official canon material in media other than films? I ask this based on the discussions she and I had after the film. Seeing Lyra Ursa kill... Urso killed meant more to me because I knew of Lyra's interaction with Krennic and Catalyst, which my sister didn't read. Krennic's obsession with rank in the Emperor's eyes meant more to me than my sister having read Catalyst. The scene where adult Jen specifically calls her dad Papa meant something to me that didn't land with my sister. Now, don't get me wrong. My sister loves her some Star Wars and can hold her own on trivia. But after seeing the movie with her, I am left with my main question. Is Disney making a mistake by putting this much material in books and other media that not everyone has time to consume? Personally, I don't think so, but I knew so much supplemental background that enhanced the film for me that my sister didn't get to experience. All that said, she loved the movie, so maybe my point is immediately proven wrong. Happy New Year to you all and to all of your listeners, Joe. 
So, did you guys read Catalyst? I did. Okay. Steel? I have read several chapters. They were at the front, and okay. I have not progressed any further. I just... It, too much content. Too much content. But <laughs> after... Uh, in January, I will I will get back to it. Yeah, um, I read the book, and like I think, I think all the other media stuff. Like I, I still keep up with the comics. I keep up with the books and all that good stuff. I think that stuff sort of can enhance. I don't think not having it diminishes. Like if you don't know who uh, Lyra is, you still see Jen's mother get shot. Right. You know what I mean, like so, you still feel bad. Like you don't feel as bad because you don't know her as well as some of us who read the book, you know, and if you don't know of, uh, you know, what Krennic's aspirations uh, specifically, you still know that he's trying to cement his place uh, with the emperor and, and get noticed and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think it diminishes. I think it's the opposite. I think it, it only enhances. I don't think it can ever take away. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense. Uh, my example for that would be on Christmas Day, I went to see Rogue One with my dad, which is, mm -hmm. I guess, becoming our new sort of Christmas uh, tradition now. A is going to, to see the new, yeah, definitely. And <laughs> about five minutes before the movie, I turned to him and I was like, So, do you know where this takes place in the Star Wars timeline? And he was like, I have no idea. So, you know, I gave yeah. him the basic rundown that it takes place right before the original Star Wars and stuff. And, not having read that book did not seem to affect my dad's enjoyment of the movie at all. Uh, he okay. really enjoyed Rogue One. Uh, when Tarkin oh. came on, about uh, it was probably maybe Tarkin's second or third scene, he leaned over and he was like, how did they get this guy back? He was that old when they made the first one. <laughs> and so like, I had to be like, as quickly as possible, be like, no, that's, that's CG. And he just was like, what the hell? And right. when, when we left, he was like, I, I guess I just have to give up trying to figure out what's CG and what's not. So, you know, that's also interesting to me that something that a lot of us as podcasters and as hard, hardcore Star Wars fans have been discussing is whether the CG worked for us or not. But we're also uh -huh. a little more up to snuff on Star Wars information. We know Peter Cushing passed away in 1994. So, right. You know, it, it is definitely interesting seeing things like that from someone that's not as hardcore, you know? Yeah. I actually went with uh, uh, some buddies of mine that, like, you know, uh, don't, they're not, like, super, super into Star Wars or anything. Like, one of them is actually, like, a Star Trek dude, and the other one is like, hey, there's a new movie coming out, right? Like, I should go see it with you. You're a Star Wars guy. So, I, we took them to, like, I like to go to, the, like, the uh, early bird shows at, like, 10.30 in the morning. Because it's like five bucks. Took them to the theater. And then, like, when Tarkin came on, dude leans over and he's like, oh, my God, dude, that's the same guy? He's still that? He said the exact same thing to me. And I was like, I was like, bro, he died in 94. <laughs> and then that's where he was like, oh, oh. And then, like, after the, like, the movie, he was like, wow, that was really unbelievable. I can't believe they did that. So yeah. it was pretty, um, it was, it's like, to us, we notice every little thing because we're, like, looking for it. To people who are just watching a movie, a lot of them, it seems, don't notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's, that's, I, I wish that I had that kind of strength and eye to be like, oh, this is just, like I am now, like on my third or fourth viewing, I'm like, oh, it's just Tarkin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you accept it already. 
But I, I wish it, I'd gone into the movie and just been able to be watching the movie right. without being taken out of it by like, whoa, they did really dope on that CG. Yeah, it's it's a shock factor. The first time he turns around and you're like, whoa, okay, yeah. we're going right. this. Because, look, did we really not suspect that Tarkin was going to be involved in some way? Like, I've heard right, people right. saying, well, they could have done it without Tarkin, but I don't really think you could have. Setting it right. so, you know, so centralized around the Death I mean, Star. Yeah. And, He's he's such an important character in that battle station story, you know what I mean? Like he he needs to have some kind of place there. Um, to talk about Joe's point about Catalyst, to me it is the most gratifying book they've done. It, it's not even my most favorite of the new canon or anything, but as far as enhancing one of the new movies or some, right, you know, right. of the the you know other material. I think it does the best job. And I, I totally do feel, agree. after reading it and seeing the movie, I do feel like it's kind of, you know, in my mind, pretty essential to understanding some of the, the characters better. And um, right. he killed it writing uh, Krennic. Uh, Mendo. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Steele. Mendo. The characterizations were great. Yeah. I love, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really good book. Yeah, go for it. I, I know... I saw a discussion on, on a page and a reviewer wasn't feeling Rogue One as much as some other people did. And it was something like, it was about characters and not knowing, you know, like whatever, not going in depth enough. And someone was saying, well, it's in the book and it's mm. all canon. So uh, her point just, it doesn't make sense. And it's just like, oh, get out of your nerd bubble, buddy. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a film and, and the books should add like extra sugar and depth and and make you appreciate the movie more mm -hmm. but it, mm -hmm. it never ever ever should be essential to understanding like key things in the film because it's right, that that right. is just like a, a financial disaster because like more people go to the cinema than buy a book so you know you can say that it's all canon all you want but like everyone knows that it's not like all canon is not created equal. They right. they tried to come out with that at the start, and it's just like, nah, dog. There's no way. There I mean, yeah, way. if you're going like by numbers, definitely. But like, definitely, the way that they're doing it works. You know what I mean? Like this this book is probably the most integrated with a film canon that there is right now. Mm -hmm. And if you read the book, it helps you. You you just have that background. Like, and it doesn't, if you don't read the book, you're not missing anything uh, that you need necessarily. Right. But if you read the book, you have that much extra. It's like, it's almost like, um, I'm trying to think, like, you don't have to watch episodes one, two, and three to then watch episode four. Right. But if you watch one, two, and three, you go into episode four with a new understanding. Uh, probably watching Rogue One puts you in episode four with a new understanding, you know, extra things like that. So it's really cool that they're doing this to connect uh, everything, mm. you know? Yeah, I, and I, I, I agree, and I agree with you as well, Steele, where saying, oh, it's in a book is not a valid argument to yeah. anybody that's not in, you know, a Star Wars Facebook group or listens to Star Wars podcasts, you know, the, mm -hmm. the hardcore of the hardcore Star Wars fans that, like us, that we're going to consume just about anything Star Wars that they put out, you know, um, and I just don't. I don't feel like it was that necessary to read the book and see the movie, but I do feel like it, it enhanced the movie in a nice way. And yeah, 
you know, you've got a when you think about the cast of Rogue One and the fact that they have to establish and finish out all these characters in two hours, there is going to have to be some concessions made as far as character development and stuff. And and you can see where that happened. And uh, I imagine that there was a point when that movie had a much longer cut, you know. Right, um, right. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's also sort of the nature of a standalone or a spinoff movie is if this is going to be their only story, then, you know, you've got to do that justice in two hours and right it's got to be a whole story yeah. right and and personally there's some things in the movie that i feel like they did really good job with that and then other ones where like and and it's not a a matter of thinking they didn't do a good job it's more of i, I just wanted more you know what i mean right right it's nothing wrong with the movie it's just i, I could have used a little more of this person or that person or yeah things like that you know and i i definitely don't think that oh, it's in a book, should ever be used ever as a cop-out for a movie. Like, you're making a movie, tell the complete story. Mm-hmm. Like, now, you're not going to have time in a movie to get into this 300 pages of details. That's what a book is for. It's just details. It's a separate story. You don't need it for this story, and you should never need it for this story. You should never watch the movie and not understand the characters. You know, the characters are made pretty clear on screen. Books should just be other stories extra stories right. just like i feel this was a good story it was the story of what of how galen got involved in this right you know what happened krennic's what all, all about <laughs> choking on aspirations and uh krennic and how he sort of uh wheeled and dealed with uh a galen and and lyra and and the family you know so that was really really cool to see but it's almost like it is a separate story even though it has some of the same characters <clears throat> and it's not like you know, and I hope that never becomes a thing. I hope there's never, you know, the Han Solo movie, you know, oh, you have to go read, you know, the Han Solo comic or else you won't understand the first five minutes because it's the last, you know what I mean? Like it should mm-hmm. never be used as a cop out. Right. The integration mm. of the canon should never be a cop out. It should just add more details or a new story or get us to understand the characters better than we possibly can in a two hour film. Right. Make sense? Uh- yeah, and, and sometimes yeah. I feel like Star Wars relies on that a little bit too much. Like in like in Rebels, and mm-hmm. then they'll have Pablo. There'll be an episode, then they'll have the Rebels recon, or I think that's what it's called, Rebels recon. And yeah, no, no. he'll explain like the motivations of a character, and or or like a political situation on a planet, and you're like, oh wow, that's really deep. And it's but it's just like when you watch the cartoon again, it's like that's not there at all. Like it's like they, right, they're not right. sometimes they don't inject those nuances like it, it shouldn't be for pablo to tell me on a youtube clip it's like right like and i guess that's the no you know, yeah i understand the, that the, the, the 23 minutes and the, and the lack of ongoing you know arcs and stuff like the the multiple mm-hmm. episodes and mm-hmm. sometimes it's like well what you know whatever kanan was feeling here was because of this that and then it's just like put that in the cartoon and Give it some, like, a, just a little bit more, like, teeth. I don't want to, like, I have fans that then are like, oh, that's so deep because Pablo said this and that and the other. And it's like, yeah, but it's just, like, adding depth afterwards yeah. sort of thing that, that, that kind of um, that annoys me. But one thing I was thinking is just with, you know, Star Wars and, and, and all these spin-off films, mm-hmm. 
we've got to go into the future. I Star Wars is yeah. it, it's such a <laughs> we, we've spent yeah. so many so long backtracking and and syncing right. things up and all this stuff. What's like for me if there's there's going to be a Boba Fett film you know, to be honest, I want him coming out of the Sarlacc. I, I don't want yeah. to, Right, right. I don't want him fitting into... Uh, you know, for one, it's, it, it'd just be an amazing scene to see that glove just hit the top of the Sarlacc pit and drag himself mm-hmm. out. That, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's but, the opposite of the end of Terminator 2. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just like... All these films that go back, and then the ending has to fit into this scenario. I don't, I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how much longer the franchise can hold up, like like doing this, and 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 the the, the threat of all these goofy cameos, and like you know, like the Ponda Barber thing. Like, like that to me is just like you're stretching the friendship there. You've got to have a <laughs> bit more restraint. That that was gratuitous and cannon bending in its scope. Um, you know, how did they did they just go straight from Tatooine that day? Yeah, they were headed know. straight to the uh, landing pad. Apparently. Yeah, but, yeah. The it's you know like the the Han Solo film. Like I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just worry with wedging all these uh, stories in the past and and how they have to, like, they're not, they're not free story. Like, like the the creator, the writer, they don't have free reign because they're going backwards. Right. They're, you you have to link up to what is already established, and you can't. Um, yeah. You you can't. Anything you touch that's already been there has to end you're picking up a toy and you got to put it right back where you left it you know what i mean yeah and 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 what a lot of people have picked up on is you know r2d2 and c3po um you know c3po gasps about how they're going to scarif then when they you know so they're not going and then Mm -hmm. when you get to scarif princess leia is there and then in the next two days r2d2 and c3po they're either on that ship already or right. have to get on it. And it's like, I kind of, I, I think they could have edited that in a different way, like, or, or hmm. said something, like, or just had them, like, going, like, getting ready to go if you want to have right, that. Right. I, I, I like the cameo, but it does. Well, you have the line for, but it's not to them. It's to, uh, you know, he goes like, Captain Antilles, I have a mission for you. Like, and then they cut to them leaving, and then you get their shot, because they're on Captain Antilles' ship, remember? So, presumably, Captain Antilles goes and gets Leia, and then meets up with Radis, apparently, you know? So, yeah, you are... It is a, a quick window. Yeah, and, and like... But you do have be, a line, you know? Yeah, it, it could be, you know, explained that they went here and picked this one up here, but it's sort of like... I don't know, if, if you're... Like, if you're going to put that cameo in, I kind of... Th- think in the film it has to be explained how it clicks like i don't want i don't want a youtube clip or a tweet from pablo saying well they went to the the rotimus sector and and it's just like just put it in the film man like if you're going to put the cameo in if you're going to put a cameo in like that if you're gonna you know which was i enjoyed it but it's a little bit gratuitous it's like make sure it's rock solid 
make sure it's rock yeah. solid. And and that's the thing with the Ponda Barber one. It's just sort of like wasn't needed. Um, right, and, right. and 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 to me, doesn't seem that rock solid. And and, and it's sort of just one of those yeah, like silly. I don't know. Just like. Oh, you're going to be the death of me. Oh, we've, we've seen the films that come later on, guys. Wink. I don't want Star Wars to wink at me. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not into it. I don't want that sort of, um, like, acknowledging that they know that we know. I, right. I, I, I like it to be in a, like, a, a vacuum that's devoid of those sort of references, devoid of pop culture references. It's 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 a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. I think we kind of got into it a little bit about this, like on your show, actually, with uh, where we were talking about Ponda Bobbin, Ponda Bobbinin on uh, <laughs> yep. things. Yep. Um, so, like, I kind of agree with you there, where you say that. But then, like, to take any further lines, like take the C three PO thing, for instance, any further lines about that would like draw more attention on it when it could just be a thing that could be explained away however you choose to explain it away you know and i don't like a lot of the stuff that pablo comes on on the rebels recon i consume a lot of star wars so when those things happen in rebels i'm like oh yeah i remember that or i'll you know so it's really hard for me to like look at it from the person who doesn't who's like well what happened here how come they don't i was like yeah no and uh, darth vader number uh, 17 they're actually on that plane like i'm the pablo at my house <laughs> so then rebels recon comes on and the kids are like oh yeah and i was like i told you fools you know but like <laughs> So that's what another a, thing that, like... What, a, what it, an abusive father. <laughs> I told you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Pablo's got to say it for you guys to believe me. <laughs> you know, but it's kind of like one of those things how, like, they enjoy the episode fine. Just at the end of the episode, they're like, huh, I thought such and such. You know, you like, like, I think Geonosis was one of the big things where they were like, what, what happened to all the bugs in Geonosis? I was like, I told you to read that Darth Vader comic. Y'all didn't want to <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> you know? But they're like, you know, either way, it's not important to the story. They still enjoy the episode, and it's the, the story is Zeb and this dude crashing on a moon and running away from spiders or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? So, like, the story still happens, and they still enjoy the episode. So it's like, I try to look at it through their eyes and be like, okay, well, they liked it. They didn't need to care why there was nobody on Geonosis, although they did ask me afterwards. I was the I, one that was like, why is there no... Oh, yeah. I love that in Australia, it's it's New Year's Eve. It's it's already the thirty first, and two thousand sixteen. You know, it, it's it's quite a, a trope online to you know that's enough <laughs> two thousand sixteen. Like you know, misery knows a calendar or something. But I am warmed with the thought that as we enter two thousand seventeen, it's a world where a child can be chastised by his father for not reading the latest Darth Vader comic. That, that fills me with just a warm glow that that is happening oh. out there. Come on, dude. I wish it was the latest. They're like six issues back. <laughs> <laughs> they got I'm like, dude, you guys need to catch up, dude. Y'all, yeah, you haven't touched any of the Han Solos, guys. That's awesome. <laughs> They got Star Wars. They got a uh, uh, Christmas break homework, and it's reading Star Wars comics. Yeah, I'm like, don't fucking ask me no questions when this movie comes out. Y'all didn't read Catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> I think we're going to do a couple more emails and then call it a night. There's a few I want to say. It'd be like, it'd be like, in the family, it'd be like, Dad, can I do the dishes? Have you read Catalyst yet? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three. You got to finish two more chapters for the end of the day. You have to give an oral book report at the end of the night. Yeah, I want a 300-word yeah. report on Mendo's motivations. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> That's <laughs> Mendo motivations. the Mendo report. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have a voicemail from our buddy uh, Richie from Boston. And I believe this is about Carrie Fisher. Hey, Haas and Will. This is your pal, Rich. Hey, just wanted to give you guys some thoughts on the passing of Carrie Fisher and what I think what I think her legacy should be and what I'm going to take away from her. You know, she wasn't my first on-screen crush. My first on-screen crush was Catherine Bach as Daisy Duke. Was <laughs> she smoking? But you know, I think she fit a very similar mold in that, you know, for starters, Catherine Bach wasn't a damsel in distress she was like the third duke boy and carrie fisher wasn't necessarily a damsel in distress either she was the third cog in the wheel in the star wars saga and so i thought of some things that i'm gonna pass on to my two daughters that i think they can learn from somebody like carrie fisher and her portrayal of princess leia number one a strong-willed woman is much more powerful than a two-bit smuggler and a would-be Jedi. Number two, a strong-willed woman will take the chains that bind her and choke to death the motherfucker who's enslaving her with them. And number three, a well-armed woman makes for a lousy victim. So those are the things that I'm going to pass on to my girls. Something that Carrie Fisher, even in her personal life, set forth and portrayed was strength. She was a strong individual. She didn't deal with anybody's bullshit. You know, it's like the snowflakes that get offended by the Steve Martin tweet. Um, you know, Carrie Fisher, if she was offended, she probably would have let it slide. And then when she saw Steve Martin, she'd have kicked him in his dick. That's who she was. She was a woman of action. She didn't take anyone's shit. So, you know, I hope my kids learn something from her. I hope future generations learn something from her. Let's take action. Let's be better people. And let's take a little bit of personal responsibility. That's what I'm going to take away from Carrie Fisher and from her portrayal as Princess Leia. All right, guys. Take care. I missed that whole Steve Martin thing somehow. That's something that I, I, too. I saw people upset about, and I even saw like news stories on it, but I didn't see the tweet or anything like that. Are you familiar, Steele, with what went on with that? Oh, yeah, I am familiar. You know, Steve Martin, he, it, it was something along the lines of she was the most beautiful creature I ever saw, and she was kind of smart as well, or something like that. It was a joke between friends. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm just trying to find... I wrote a tweet about this that... God, I write a lot of tweets. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, you know, um, I... But I... Uh, where are we at? But it was just... Okay. Um, so, my tweet was, The internet abused the privilege of a comedy great sharing a joke with a beloved departed friend. Sorry, Steve Martin to go. 
carry forever. I, yeah, I, like it was, a, you know, they're friends. Do you know what I mean? And right. it was like, he was like having a little jab at her after she'd gone like they would when she was here. But can I, I've, I've just got to talk about this for a second. And the, the, the word snowflake. I, that's um, one of those that I'm not familiar with. Like, I, well, well, I, I, it, it, it's a catchphrase. Okay. For, for, you know, it's one of those words that, like, you can talk about something without, like, you can argue against something without actually defending what it is by just saying, oh, you're being such a snowflake. Oh, is it kind of like, like drinking it, the Kool-Aid? Oh, you're just drinking mm-hmm. the Kool-Aid? Yeah. And, it's, it, you know, it's it's quite often it's, you know, someone gets upset about something, it's, oh, you know, harden up. Don't be such a snowflake. You know, that's what it is. And, and... Like, I'm not saying, you know, sometimes people use words and they use them in a different way. But when you use a word like snowflake, you you have to look around and see who else is using that word and what's their motivations against using it. And I I find the word like in a lot of people's intent and how they use it to be quite vile. And it's, it it, it is, is like your feelings don't matter because I don't feel the same way. Harden up. And, and, and I'm not having a a go at the caller over this because they, they might be, it, it seems like that's not what they're meaning. Like if, you know, Carrie Fisher, you know, had all these mental health problems and, she spoke out about them and it empowered other people that were suffering that by, by seeing that someone so high profile, so high profile, sorry, and, and so revered was suffering from the same problems that gave her fans strength to get through it. Or she should shut up about it and stop being such a snowflake. Oh, I see. Yeah. And, 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 and so that, I, I just, like, for me, that's a trigger word of, and, and I, I actually just found, as I was looking for the other tweet, I, I tweeted about this because I heard a few snowflakes getting thrown around yesterday. And uh, I wrote, the term snowflake is the intellectual white flag of those that do not want to change and are too scared to think about why that is. So if someone is upset about a betrayal of, you know, a, a, a certain um, culture in a movie and they're up, you know, and they speak out about that. Someone, oh, don't be such a snowflake. Don't be such a snowflake. When it's just like, well, let's analyze why they're upset and does this do more harm than good? Is is whatever, you know, like something like, something that happens in Australia all the time is is blackface. Uh, Hawes, oh, you know about oh this. Oh my because, goodness. <laughs> because... You, you saw it. There was. I'll, I'll fill you in, Sal. There was this variety show that that was very legendary in Australia, but it kind of died a, a sad death. They tried to bring it back a few times, and it was past its time. But it was called Hey Hey It's Saturday, and it was sort of like a variety show, and and you know all 
huge guests would come on it. Like every famous person that came through Australia would end up on this variety show. And mm -hmm. they had a gong segment where they'd have three acts and they'd do some talent and then they'd be like, you know, one regular sort of judge and then two celebrity judges. And at one, they had Harry Connick Jr. on it one um, one week. And these guys called the Jackson Jive came out and they were white guys with blackface and... You know, Harry Connick has got, you know, a, a, as, as halls could fill in, a, a huge, you know, with his music and his upbringing, you know, deep roots in the South. And mm -hmm. he knows about, um, you know, how African-Americans have, have been, you know, ridiculed and, 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 and held down. And, and, you know, the blackface is part of that. It is it is mocking. That's what it originally was. It's, it's mocking the culture. And... Whilst these people might not have had that ill intent, like that's where it came from, and and you might say this is like this is what people tuned in for on a Star Wars podcast. Um, they might say, um, <laughs> you know, don't be such a snowflake. But it's sort of just like, well, do we need this? Do we need this one minute skit? that does, you know, for a lot of people, um, bring up a lot of bad memories, or can we find someone with actual talent to perform on this show? And, and, and that sort of like, how deep do we want to, like, do we want to just say, ah, oh, you're all being snowflakes and we move on, or do we want to analyze it, respect the wishes of a culture or a part of that culture and, and work around that? Like I always find that if someone you know, whether it be from, you know, like a, like a certain culture or a, a background, if they say, Hey, can you guys stop doing this, portraying us in this way? And you go, Oh no, nah, it's harmless. I'm going to keep going. Well, well, you're now a bully because someone has said, like, if I had a nickname right. for whores and it was just a, like, just say horsey whores. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's coming from a place <laughs> of love. But if whores said, I don't like being called that, for some reason. And and my reason for calling him that was just from a place of love. But if he says, stop calling me that, it brings up some, you know, someone bullied me like this or I, I just don't like that. And I keep doing it. Then I'm now a bully. I am using my, like my pleasure time, like, but it's at the cost of, of someone else. So that's, I, I just, I, I hear that word and... I, I flare up because I, I, I feel like it's you're not addressing the issue. It, it's just like a like a this like like just saying Smurf, and it's just like all right, let's just move on. I've like yeah. So and 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 I, to be honest, and I don't want to put words in the in in people that are no longer with us mouths, but man, I I'd, I'd bet a fair bit that Carrie Fisher would fucking hate that word. And, and what it brings up because she was someone that said, no, let's deal with the issues. Let's talk about it. Let's put it out there and let's progress. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of, Hey, Hey, it's how good are lasers. Lasers are awesome. Pow, pow, bang, bang. Sorry guys. <laughs> so, um, he's like bringing it back. You were on the geek dudes podcast and that's how I originally heard of, Hey, Hey, it's Saturday. And being from where I'm from, I've, I've never heard of this show, so I decided to do a little YouTube digging into the show, and it all started off fairly well. I watched a, 
nice Bill Hicks appearance on there. Um, you know, some musical guests that I'm a fan of. And then I finally found the Jackson Jive. And as soon as the YouTube video ended, I immediately messaged you, Steele, and said, I just saw the Jackson 5, and it's the most racist thing I've ever seen in my life. And I grew up in Mississippi wow. and Alabama. Like, it was brutal. You fucking snowflake. <laughs> you know i still when you're talking about that i think what all of us sort of need to keep in mind over the next couple of weeks and you said this beautifully on your call-in show about carrie is that i think when it comes to the issue of carrie and people's feelings about her unless they're being an outright dick like say dl hughley um that you need to cut some people some slack because there are some very upset, sad people about this. And Carrie Fisher meant a lot to us all as Star Wars fans. And people are, you know, they're distraught. They're upset, you know. And you're talking about someone as a kid that is, in your mind, immortal. Nothing's ever going to happen to Carrie Fisher, you know. And then as you get mm -hmm. old, the reality of it all sets in and and you know that's tough to deal with it's one of your heroes who i saw i have vivid memories of the first time i saw star wars when i was four and the first human character i saw that i remember is princess leia that scene of her uh putting the data disc in r2 is a very vivid very early memory of mine and um you know she meant a lot to a lot of people and I think, you know, on one hand, you need to cut some people some slack. And on the other hand, like, you need to realize that people are going to express this. Like, the Cinnabon thing people got upset with. I thought that was nice. Like, I don't see why people got upset about that. Hearing Steve Martins, I don't understand why people got upset with that. But I'm also not going to go after anybody that was upset by it, you know, like... It's just everybody's really sensitive about the the subject of Carrie Fisher right now, and understandably so. Yeah, I, I thought the Cinnabon thing was fine. Like, it didn't have... So for people that don't know, they had... And it, I think they'd used it previously, maybe for um, May the 4th or something. But it was one of their buns, and then sort of in, like, sugar or, or, some, or cinnamon or something, they'd sort of drawn the side profile of, of princess leia and you know they had a really you know a nice sort of memorial message and it i, I think that you know th people were just like oh they shouldn't profit from that and it's like well they didn't post a link or, or a... say come <laughs> they, there was no there was no sales pitch there was no like pay your respects by coming to buy a bun right. or there was there, there was just a dedication yeah. and and i sort of thought that was just a, just a sweet little nod to how much effect she had on pop culture and but you know that's what i said in the podcast that it, it's it's like people it's a grieving time and people grieve differently and I, now's the time sort of to give people a pass for the most part and and sort of not start a witch hunt of you know someone you know, I, I, like if someone had an interview with Carrie Fisher and they tweeted it out, listen to my, you know, interview with Carrie Fisher. She was great. Like, like you're, 
you know, it, it, it's not done from some like selfish way. You're just contributing. It's just like, oh, here's my interaction with her. If you want to enjoy it, sort of thing. So it, it's, yeah, I, I just didn't want it to turn into some like, like silly witch hunt right. of like, oh, this person said this, yeah. like. Like it, it's it's like you know people slip up, people are not perfect, and it's you know that stuff sort of happens. And I, I thought the Cinnabon thing was, well, that's the sort of stuff I love. Is just like look how ingrained Star Wars is in, in pop culture and the world, and and mm-hmm. what a nice you know what a nice tribute. So I, I I sort of think that you know people sort of took that you know really the wrong way, and and Steve Martin's tweet as well like they're they're old buddies yeah if this was just some rando or some celebrity that didn't know her i could see it but you're talking about someone that clearly had a close relationship with her they were friends like you know i'm gonna tell you right now if i pass away and johnny grasso makes an off-color wheelchair joke about it no about me nobody ever get on to him because i fully endorse that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right we're gonna be like dude fuck that guy <laughs> oh if i pass away i better be the next week's dude fuck that guy um that's going in my will <laughs> johnny's gonna be like i had to learn to record myself <laughs> fuck, <yeah. laughs> fuck this guy no dude. no no, no. He'd, he'd be in the middle of it and he'd mess up and he'd go edit that out whores all right so we're gonna do one more email before we call it a night um i've got a few i want to say for will so if you guys didn't hear your episode or your email this week uh just know you'll hear it next week when will's back um and this one is from uh our buddy oliver from sweden uh hey guys oliver here I watched Rogue One two weeks ago now, and I really wanted to give my first reaction on the movie right away, but that didn't happen for some reason. I thought that the following weeks after the movie's release would be a little slow with news, so as might as so I might as well wait a little. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. As we all know, our beloved Carrie Fisher passed away this Tuesday. To me, she is the only one who have, could have played Leia, and I am very grateful for the, everything that she has done for the franchise. I think that we shouldn't worry about the future movies and instead embrace all the things that she has done. Disney knows what they are doing. But if you want my opinion on the future, I want them to kill her off in episode 8. It doesn't have to do be anything crazy or special at all, just more like Yoda. I just wish... Oh, I just finished listening to the latest Rogue One episode and Johnny asked if it would be morally right to make a CG Leia in episode 9. I don't think this is the way to go. Just use the footage that we already have of her and add as little CG as possible. I wouldn't want to see a happy Return of the Jedi ending for the trilogy with a CG Carrie Fisher in it. Thanks for making the podcast, guys, and may the Force be with Carrie, her dog Gary, and all her friends and family, Oliver. Yeah, that is something I haven't even been able to yeah. think about I, I in the least. Like, it's... On one hand, I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing her in eight, just because it'll be like, I don't know, we got her back for a little while. I mean, yeah, yeah. But uh, past that, like I, I, I am not the guy to ask what you do. Like the most recent example I can think of of something like that is as Paul Walker passing away while they were making that one Fast and the Furious movie. Um, Granted, that was before they were done with principal photography. 
And, you know, I can't even think about how I would prefer them to approach that going forward. Um, it's a tough spot. It's, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the least of, of anybody else's concern. You know what I'm saying? Like, like at at the end of the day, yeah, we want a resolution for the character, but also at the end of the day, a, a lady lost her mom and her grandmother in two days. A brother lost his sister, you know, it's just, and, and I'm not, Oliver, I'm not saying anything bad about you, buddy. I'm just saying personally, it's definitely something I've thought about, but it's not something I can even really process yet. You know, there's going to be plenty of time, plenty of time leading up to eight and nine and, and to discuss what they did uh, yeah. with Leia. Yeah, I'm right like there with that, you, dude. That um, meeting that they're going to have, you know, with the story group and decide what's happening going forward, that takes on a, quite a different tone. And, and and the executives at Disney and at Lucasfilm have some really unenviable decisions to make. Yes, like it, it is like I I don't know. It, it, it's it's a relief. It's something that I I I'm glad they don't have to face. But if this all happened a month ago, like oh the reaction some, to Rogue One. Oh, there's just some yeah. gut yeah. kicking. Like, there's like, do you take that out? Do you leave it in? Like, is it is it is it a disservice to leave it in? Is it a disservice to take it out? Like, like that is there isn't like that's the like the hard thing oh. is is these is these people are getting put into having to make a decision where there's no right answer. Right. But there's there's lots of wrong answers, and yeah. that is it is I don't I don't envy them. I, I I think as the fandom we should put our our faith in them that they're going to make the best decision for that's not is is going to honor her memory but not exploit her memory. Right. And. Mm-hmm. And I, I just hope they, and and I, you know, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt that they do skirt right. on the on the side of caution and and restraint, and don't break our trust because if they do, wow, that's a big um, one. You know, that that yeah, may be worth yeah, no, like if definitely. if they mishandle how they go forward with the. Uh, with Carrie and, and Princess Leia, that I'm gonna say it, Steel. That mm-hmm. may be worse than no one igniting the green. Like, oh, yeah, oh, it, without it's, a doubt, it's, far it's worse. It's, it's far <laughs> yeah. worse. Like, I, you know, my like nerd dreams against like exploiting the <laughs> the but, mourning of, of millions of people. Like, I, I think, I don't know. I, I would say no more digital layers. Like, let's just. I kind of feel you on that, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if someone, yeah. you know, like if you have got a great story in the past, and and I, you know, with the Han Solo thing, this is I I, I very much doubt that they would um, go that way. But get in your um, Millie Bobby Brown to portray Leia. Like I don't have any, um, you know, Princess Leia can live forever. Right. And right, and right. And, that, and, that, and that's the the beauty of Star Wars. But I yeah no no more. 
I, I had no problem with it, but like in, in Rogue One, and and I'm I'm relieved they didn't have to make that decision. But that's you know in the circumstances, it's a lot different mm. than Peter Cushing, who we've you know you know let's be honest, we never had that same Mm-mm. connection with in in any right. form. Because, you know, he wasn't there to hang out at conventions and, and say hilarious things and, and win our hearts as, <laughs> as, as, as Peter Cushing. I'm, I, I hear he's an amazing man or was an amazing man. And the people that work with him, you know, just just adored him. But right. the dust has, has settled on that and we didn't have the same connection. So I, I, I think definitely no more, no more digital um, princess layers and... And, and 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 bring in an actress but i i'm mm. I, I i i don't know it, it is tough and with so much emotion and you know when you look at the cinnabon and the steve martin thing like it's oh it's hard it's mm-hmm. it, it, and it, like yeah. I, I even I, I saw a a thing on, I think like they've they've slightly changed a Poe Dameron comic to maybe focus a little bit more on Princess Leia at a funeral in an upcoming episode or issue, I should say. And uh-huh. but when I I clicked on the story and I was just like, oh, how's this gonna go? And it seems you know it's fine. They're just I think they're just gonna you know make sure their Princess Leia panels look beautiful and and maybe feature it a little bit more predominantly. But it's. Like, do you know what I mean? My antennas are up. Yeah, and yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's it's a tough thing, dude. Because, like, mm. no matter what, somebody's going to be pit. You know what I mean? Like, what's okay oh, for right. us or respectful to us, obviously, you're going to set somebody else off for, or, or vice versa. You know what I mean? And Lucasfilm, I'm sure, like you said, is probably going for the most respectful slash restrained slash uh, a way to honor the legacy, not only of the character, but of the actress as well but they do have that responsibility uh to continue that story and to give that character a resolution at the same time so there's something is gonna have to be done like i mean we don't we don't know what that is you know what i mean like and uh, whether it's gonna involve other actresses or, or cg like whatever happens it's i mean you know it's it's gonna be up to us whether to get offended or not in a weird way like, but at the same time, it's something that we're very close to. Um, and it'd be a tough decision no matter what the answer is. Yeah. Or what, or, or no matter what they decide the answer is. But Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think uh, with um, like... You know. Oh, you're just cutting out a bit on me on there, Sal. Um, I, I, I oh, think... man, that was my zinger. Ah, oh, you're back. You're back. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a proper... Um, podcast with Sal if his phone worked correctly the entire time. It would just be really disappointing. <laughs> but I, be. I, I think it's up to us as as fans to like be understanding and give the benefit of the doubt, but also keep them honest. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I think that's so important Definitely. with with you know, sometimes and, and, and people go into Star Wars podcasts and, and Star Wars, you know, fan reporting with different uh, goals. Some people want to hear honest opinion and 
dissection and, and analysis and others just want to hear like everything is awesome and and that's what they want they just want to hear they don't want to hear that oh, this this part of the film was a little bit weird because of this they it, it's just, they just want right, to they just right. want a hundred percent um you know strong cordial sugar buzz of star wars and <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think that you know, people that like us sort of analyze it a bit more and, and, and go out on a limb, make it a bit easier for those people that just want everything to be awesome. Because, you know, there is, you know, when they, they like, there's an effect, like, like the fans can affect stuff. Like where we have not seen another heli saber. Nope. Uh, it's <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I just think it's it's important for us to be understanding, but also, like, you know, the, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance or something like that. It's just like, you know, if they, if they do do something like, you know, like a horrible thing would be, let's say, like they did an exclusive figure, an exclusive ultimate Black Series Princess Leia figure for San Diego Comic-Con. That would be... Mm-hmm horrible like because of its limited nature it's not inclusive it mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. and it, 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 like you know so right. like things like that like let's if we're going to put out commemorative princess leia merchandise let's let's ensure that the distribution is is good and there's no limited edition about it and and every fan that wants to spend some money on that product as part of the grieving process and as, as part of having a, you know, a memento of, of, of princess Leia. Let's make sure that it, you know, it's available to all fans. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, you know, just to, I I don't think for a second that they do like a, you know, a princess Leia exclusive at comic con. Right. Um, You know, that would be in, in, in a mate, you know, poor taste Qu- quite often just putting out a regular figure there is in poor taste because it's so hard to get <laughs> but just a, just a, just a really clear example of what would be bad that's one thing i'll say right. you know of talking about getting offended or thinking something's messed up in light of all this the internet scalpers are what's really grinding my gears um just looking at, at Leia merchandise on Amazon and eBay, like, it's disgusting to me. It's like grief vultures that are like, oh, she passed away? Time to uh, crank up the price on these Black Series figures to four times what they were before. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and, and you know, I say this as a very vocal Black Series collector, like, that's fucked up. That's fucked up to me. Like, uh, you know. Yeah, but what do you what do you do? You know. Ugh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it it's. I I I I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't know the 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 feeling that you have when you click list it. Like, right. You know I mean? Like when you click that button to list your your hundred and fifty dollar twenty dollar action figure. I don't. I I yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that feeling is. Me neither. <laughs> but it, Me neither. That I can't. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm too paranoid to 
to try to deal with that. I wouldn't put myself in that situation. But yeah, I, 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 you know, that's what that's what people do. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you both so much for giving me a hand uh, on this episode. I know I said it was one that I was not looking forward to, but man, you guys sure were helpful and uh, made it a lot more fun and easy than I expected it to be. Uh, How about you guys both tell our listeners where they can hear you and find you uh, online and social media and stuff like that. Well, I guessed it on the new episode of Blue Harvest, so make sure you (laughs) check that out. Um, But if you've already heard that, if it's getting towards the end of the podcast and you want to listen more, uh, my podcast Steel Wars, which is S-T-E-E-L-E, is at steelwars.com or on iTunes, or wherever good podcasts are given away. And as Hawes uh, mentioned, it has been an absolute content Christmas. I, I, I think I've, I'm up to about 22 podcasts this month for uh, Steel Wars. And we've got like really varied ones of like interviews. And then we've done several live comedy shows reacting to uh, Rogue One with some Australian comedians that are, are big Star Wars fans. And they're super funny. And, and you know, I, I, I'm sort of glad that we've got the, the Carrie Fisher call-in episode, which, you know, bring your tissues for that one. Definitely. And then after... Afterwards, you can cheer yourself up with um, a bunch of hyped-up comedians uh, really being quite funny about uh, Rogue One, like in in a you know in in a quite a positive way. You won't you won't leave uh, sad that we ripped on the film for two hours. It is it is all in good fun and the good spirit of Star Wars. Sal, what about you, buddy? We're- uh- yeah, um, Sal, you can find me on Twitter at Sal I Make Music and Instagram, same place. Uh, my family has a website called TheRogueRebels.com, and we put all kinds of stuff on our costuming or podcasts. I'm usually on uh, Now This Is Podcasting over at MakingStarWars.net, so you can find a lot of my reviews and uh, me talking with those fools all the time. Uh, and uh, every now and then, Steel drops in. Yeah, he does. When I'm, and, in the um, when I'm in the country. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, when, whenever he's in the country. Uh, planet hopping. <laughs> I just want to remind our listeners if you like the theme music, which was brought up a couple of times this week, please support the band that was nice enough to provide that to us. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can get their music on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Also, want to let you guys know that my buddy Jeremy. Who was on? Who's been on a few episodes? Uh, we played one of his band, Ember, E M B E R. We played one of their songs a couple of weeks back, and uh, their album was just put on Spotify. So you guys should check that out. Um, and uh, I guess that's gonna do it. Thank you guys once again. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys and the listeners as well have a, a safe and happy New Year. And uh, I look forward to talking with everybody. Leading up to episode eight, it's a it's an exciting but sad time right now. But you know, we'll all come together and and it'll hurt less as time goes on, and we will always remember what an amazing person uh, Carrie Fisher was. So for Blue Harvest, 
a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. May the force be with us. <laughs> May the force be with you. And in 2017, be more like Carrie Fisher. Be more like Carrie. Wonderful. Word. Wonderful sentiment, buddy. May the force be with you.